Welcome to the Riot Podcast, where we have practical discussions on how to share your faith, see the news from God's eyes, and answer some of faith's hardest questions. Welcome to the Riot Podcast. This is Bob Shoneman alongside Pete Robertson. Hello, hello, hello. How you doing, Pete? It's like my signature line. I like it. Hello, hello, hello. You know, I, I never know whether to introduce you as Mac Daddy or Pete Robertson or whatever. Everybody There's, knows me as both. Yeah. I introduce myself sometimes as Mac Daddy. You do not. I have. Yeah. You're in public shopping and you're like, hey, oh, I would hey, say I'm, I'm Pete, but I'm, my wife calls me Mac Daddy. <laughs> and then you break into a little rap. <laughs> my name is Mac P and I'm a preacher MC. The reason why Jesus died for me. I'm too hot to handle, too cold to hold. Boy, my life has got control. There you go. Boom. Boom. Mic drop. Mic drop. End of the show. Thank you for joining us this week. <laughs> we are nuts. I, we are nuts. Hey, <laughs> if you're watching us on YouTube, yeah. make sure you hit that subscribe button. Yes. Hit the bell. The, the bell that said, well, if you hit the bell, it's like, you know, customer. Just hit the one that says always. So you get every time we release one of these bad boys. But the same thing you goes get, with Apple and Android and Stitchers and Spotify. Yeah, that's true. They need to like those, right? You got to like them. Yeah. Like them and share them. Don't yeah. forget to share them in our Facebook page, man. Blow up our Facebook page. Will you comments? Tell us what you like about the show and talk about Pete's crazy hair, whatever you want to do this. Speaking of hair, we both got our hair cut this week. We did. I got to I love it. Look we, at sharp. I talk about my hair a lot on the show and because I get some serious poof because I'm really thick, <laughs> but this week I'm nice and clean cut. Looking good. Yeah. Sorry. You, you're always clean cut though. Well, even you. when you're, I'm, even when you don't have a haircut, I'm you're taking so my wife away on a trip this weekend. And I just wanted to look good. You want to look your best. I do. I do that too for yeah. my wife. My 20th anniversary is once, coming up next maybe week. Maybe once a year. Yeah. And I get older <laughs> next week. It's crazy. You're a good man. Well, thank you. You know, this this week's show is going to be shared a lot. We're going to be talking about Islam versus Christianity. Wait, what? I didn't prepare for that. Yeah. So that's, <laughs> this is going to be one of those shows that uh, there's going to be a lot of people out there that will hear this and they're going to be sharing it with people that they're going to, you know, it's going to help break down the differences between the two. So it'll be good. Yeah. I thought I'd tell be good. Did I, you watch the Oscars? I did a little bit. I saw Will Smith's uh, I didn't see the Oscars, but I saw the video of Will Smith uh, hitting. Yeah. I don't think rock. anybody knew the Oscars was on, but everybody was talking about yeah, yeah. it yesterday. Yeah. I was like, wait, what happened? Slap. Yeah. It was a, it was a, uh, so people ask, you know, what is, what is your guys' take? Are you guys pro Will? Or are you pro, you know, Chris? And, I'm pro uh, love. Don't do that. You know, I'm pro no violence. No, I just, I just, we deal with our anger differently. We pray for them. We surrender things to them. And we ask that uh, Jesus would deal with them. So you don't think it was staged? I don't know. It could be. I don't know either. I I just, I, I find it uh, from uh, just a viewer. I find it funny. I don't know. I mean, it's like the guy's full on (laughs) talking about things. I mean, it's, it's either I agree with it or I don't agree with it. The guy is, this slapped them. I mean, that was just like, what? Where, where's security? Yeah, I don't know. That was like, maybe they thought he was a part of it because it is Will Smith. So who knows? And yeah. he was just talking about Will Smith. So they thought that, oh, he's going to come up and, and I thought do it was something. just, a, yeah. I don't know. Could but have just been a bit. Here's the truth of the know. matter is Chris Rock should uh, be careful on doing jokes that, that demean people or that make fun of people. And Will Smith should know that, um, you know, we don't, we turn the other cheek. We don't hit the cheek and uh, we (laughs) surrender to the Lord and we, and we just pray for people and we just, we show love and we speak life. There would be nothing wrong with Will Smith talking to Chris Rock afterwards and saying, Hey, um, that hurt, dude. That was, that was a low blow and I didn't like it. You think he he knows that she had a medical condition? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, again, that's reading into it. There's Who knows? so many things. Yeah, maybe so maybe he could just share that part, too. But yeah. but that's the same. As a Christian, we handle things. We just we need to handle things the way that God would handle it. And those that's the true truth in that whole thing. But it was entertaining. I mean, if it, <laughs> we'll, we'll call it what it was, good or bad or ugly, it was entertaining. So, all right, let's move on. So let's let's just get right in. Let's just start talking about the show because it's going to be long and there's going to be a lot of people that are going to, like I said, we'll share this show once we get it going. And um, so should we just open up in prayer? Yeah, let's, that? let's do that. Father, we, uh, we, we, we love you. We thank you for these, the folks that are listening to the show, watching the show right now, Lord. And we pray that uh, we would do this topic justice, that uh, we would just share truth. We would share as we're kind of 
bragging on you a little bit, Lord. We want to just show the difference in the contrast between uh, uh, Christianity and Islam. And Father, uh, help us do that in love. Help us do it with truth. And um, man, just we just ask that you would just take over, take control of the show today. Bless our listeners in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we're going to, so to set this up, so today we're going to be talking about the differences between Islam and Christianity. We're going to do three or four more of these kind of shows throughout the year. Uh, we're going to do one on differences between Catholicism and Protestant, Protestantism. I can't even say that right. Uh, the difference between Mormon and Christianity, difference between Jehovah Witness and Christianity. And we might even get in there the difference between Hindu or Buddha and Christianity. So we're going to kind of lay that out throughout the year. So we're, we're still in the book of John. We're still uh, unpacking that. We'll, uh, we'll be doing John chapter four, verse, I forget where we're. 22 24 on something like that that's right yeah somewhere that sounds right yeah i'm excited about these shows though because yeah. i like i mean i know i just don't know much about islam yeah. and uh, i'm i have friends that i know of that uh you know are mormons and stuff you know so uh, the more information the yeah. more knowledge i have there i think that's a good thing yeah it and should it, be fun and again so just set this up too the the heart and the passion behind this is for you know you're going to read this in a second first peter three fifteen, but it's it's for us to know what we believe and why we believe it. We yeah. need to know the differences that are out there. And then more than anything else is, is what God wants of us is to be able to bridge with these people that are, that live, a, have a different faith than us. They, he wants us to be able to know what they believe, but be able to talk about what we believe that's different than what they believe. And so that we can have a conversation and that allow the Holy spirit to maybe convict them and, and you never know that people might be able to come to know who Jesus is through that or because of that. So, Amen. yeah. All right, let's start. Let's All right. First Peter 315. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. Man, key word. Part of that defense is to know what other religions believe and teach. Today, we're going to work through an article written by gotquestions.com and discuss the differences between Christianity and Islam. While some similarities do exist between Islam and Christianity, um, for example, they're both mono, monotheistic uh, religions. They believe in one God. One God. Okay. Mono. I probably could have figured that part yeah. out. Their differences are clear-cut, significant, and irreconcilable. I think I said that right. Today, we will survey four key areas, the founders of the two religions, the contrasting views of God, the sacred literature, and the means of salvation. We will see that Islam differs from Christianity in each of those four areas. So it's 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 vital that we understand there's there, there is some similarities. We're going to talk about that, but there's also distinct differences. And so we want to just understand those and we want to understand what what a Christian believes versus what Islam believes. And more importantly, so that we can be able to talk with uh, people that are in Islam. Most Christians do not know someone that is a Muslim. Most Christians, they, or they might have been an acquaintance with them, but they don't have friendships with them that are not a relationship with them. Um, so a lot of them, or if they have come in contact with uh, Muslims, for the most part, I've heard people say that they were nice, they were friendly, uh, they never had issues with them, they were, you know, just like everybody else and, and so on. So um, we just want to help people understand, you know, the differences and what, what you know, all that's going on with the Muslim in the Muslim world. Another thing is, um, we have to take seriously, and we're going to talk about this a little bit more, we have to take seriously understand that the Muslim religion is growing. Islam is growing at a rapid pace. I mean, there's at least 1.8 billion, possibly 2 billion people now on the planet Earth uh, that are believers in Islam. So and it's and it's growing within the United States big and it's already growing overseas big. And it's pretty much all throughout the Middle East and Indonesia um, in those areas. So this is something that as a Christian, we need to be aware of and understand and that it is rapidly and we're explaining why it's rapidly um, increasing. So this is um, so it's going to be a really good discussion. So one thing we do know is God loves all people and he desires all to know him. So by understanding the difference between the two religions, we could begin to bridge the conversation with Muslims about Jesus. So the Muslims believe we're going to talk about this. They believe in Jesus. They believe in his everything that he did. 
Um, they just believe there's one significant difference that they believe. And so we're going to talk about that. And so we need to be able to really be able to distinctly just define the differences. All right. That surprised me when I heard that. Yep. All right. All let's right. go. So the first major difference is the founders of the religion. Jesus was the founder of Christianity in about AD 30. Islam was founded by an Arab merchant named Muhammad around AD 622. Muhammad claimed to have received a revelation from an angel of God, and although he initially feared his revelation had come from Satan, Muhammad later claimed to be the last and greatest of all of God's prophets. So that angel was uh, Gabriel, and um, he also, also we'll maybe talk about this a little bit more later, but he believed that he had conversations with Moses. Um, so he was brought up into, and he had this whole conversation with Moses about prayer and different things. And so he, you know, this is what, um, what Muhammad believed. He believed it was the Gabriel, the, the same Gabriel that's in the Bible. Um, he was a messenger that came. So he believes that he saw that and in that this angel gave him, um, you know, the, this Quran gave him this teaching, gave them this wisdom. So that's, that's what we believe. So let's go ahead and do this. So who um, let's talk about who Jesus is and who Muhammad is. Let's just get a little bit of background of Muhammad. Um, I could start, or if you want to start with who Jesus is. Right, let me go ahead and start. I'm just going to read this. I wrote this down. And so I give it proper context. I didn't want to just wing it with this because I'm not, I'm, we're not claiming to be um, experts on Islam. I, I will tell a little bit of my story. I, I have uh, quite a bit of contact with uh, the people, the Muslim faith. And um, so I will share that as we go. But Muhammad, again, is, we, we learned he's, he, was, he was born around 570 to 632. They're not exactly the sure the date, but that's where he was. He's from Mecca. So that's in Saudi Arabia. Uh, it's a city near the Red Sea. Um, he was an orphan from childhood. You know, Muhammad was uh, raised by his uncle, a man named Abi Talib, uh, Talib. And he became a merchant. Muhammad was a very religious man, um, often going on retreats to the mountains where he would pray. Um, during one of his retreats, he reported that he's been visited by the angel Gabriel, who supposedly gave Muhammad a revelation from Allah, uh, the Muslim name for God. Muhammad reported having several other revelations from Allah as well. And Muslims regarded him as Allah's last and greatest prophet to mankind. Um, Muhammad proclaimed that God is one, that is, that there is no trinity, and Jesus was simply another prophet, along with Adam, Noah, Abraham, Moses, David, and of course, Muhammad himself. He also taught that complete surrender, the word Islam means to surrender or total submission, is the only way to please Allah. Muslims credit Muhammad with restoring the true religion of Islam to a world that, has, that had corrupted it. Early on in his endeavors, Muhammad did not win many followers. Many of his Meccan tribes were hostile to him and opposed his message. Muhammad moved north to the city of Medina for protection. And about after eight years of conflict with the Meccan tribe, Muhammad gathered 10,000 converts, took up arms, and he marched against Mecca. He and his followers took over Mecca and destroyed all the pagan idols there. There was very little bloodshed or resistance from Mecca, and they fell to Muhammad rel relatively easily. So from Mecca, Muhammad and his followers set out to destroy all of the other pagan temples in the Western Arabia, and they succeeded. The rest of Muhammad's life was given to the promotion and growth of Islam throughout the Arab world. Sometimes Muhammad used, to, used his great wealth from plundering to bribe people into Islam. Other times he used terrorism and conquest. Uh, Muslims swept through the Arabian Peninsula, conquering tribe after tribe. When they approaching a city, Muhammad would offer terms of peace, accept Islam, the only true religion, and, and submit to Muhammad, and all, who, and all would be well. If a city rejected these terms, Muhammad's forces would proceed to sack the city. According to Abdullah ibn Umar, a companion of Muhammad, Allah's apostle said, I have been ordered by Allah to fight against the people until they testify that none has the right to be worshipped by Allah. And the Muhammad is Allah's apostle and offers offer the prayers perfectly and give the obligatory charity. So if they perform all that they save their lives in the um, in property from me. So that says in Bukhari, volume one, book two, number 24. 
So Muhammad claimed to have continued to receive revelations from Allah until his death, and Muhammad's revelations were compiled after the death and canonized into what is now called the Quran and the Muslim holy book. Others respected writings in Muslim include the Hadith, which is a collection of teachings, deeds, and sayings of Muhammad, and the Tafsir, which is a commentary of sorts of the Quran. So that kind of like set up Muhammad. I just gave the big picture because I gave the history of what happened, how the Islam faith came to existence, um, kind of, you know, he, where he was. Again, this is probably about 600 years after Jesus's resurrection uh, is when Islam came into effect. You know, there was a Palestine, Palestinian, you know, religion. It's kind of in contact with it, the Arabs. Um, we believe that it came from Ishmael. And we'll talk about that. That's a major difference. They believe that uh, Abraham sacrificed Ishmael and they changed that. And we believe that Abraham has sacrificed um, Isaac. So that's the difference. Any thoughts on that or well, talk about does this? Have, did that have something to do with the Crusades? Is that what you were talking about? What well, you... that was they. Yeah. Well, they, they How does that tie in. Well, the Crusades were, you know, where they were trying to protect Israel and the Muslims said, no, this is our area. So they were wanting to invade in that. So the Crusaders and the Muslims are always fighting. So that's just later, though. That's later on okay. after Islam's already been established, 13th, 14th century wow. and so forth. Fascinating. Yeah. I, there's so much I don't I don't know. So I think a lot of our listeners probably know a lot about Jesus, but I, I just want to kind of briefly, share, briefly yeah. say yeah. some of the contrasting things. So. You know, remember when you're reading some of the stories in the Gospels about, you know, I think the the disciples thought Jesus was going to be like a, a military ruler, right? He was going to take over, um, you know, conquer Rome. And I think that's what they wanted him to do. And but he never did, never did any of that. Everything he did was kind of peaceful. I mean, the, the closest thing he got to military was you know, overturning the tables and the in the, uh, you know, in the courtyards at the, at the temple. So, so to me, Jesus is, and I wrote down a few notes here, Pete, I wrote down that, uh, you know, he's a Messiah. He's the savior. He's the son of God. He was an amazing teacher. He was a leader, um, a healer, but he, he was, um, you know, I heard it said once I heard an interview, which I thought was fascinating. Cause I don't know, I don't re really know where Bono's faith is or anything, but I heard an interview where somebody was talking to Bono about Jesus and uh, Bono made an excellent point. And I think maybe C.S. Lewis had said it. I think he stole it from somewhere, but he said uh, when talking about Jesus, that he's either, he's either a liar, a crazy man, or the son of God. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, there is no room, there's no room for people to say, well, Jesus was a, you know, he was a great teacher. You know, I mean, that's true, but you, you can't just stop there because who Jesus said he was, he said he was the son of God. He said he was the way back to the father. He was the bridge. He was the, he was the promised Messiah. So you can't just, you can't kind of cop out and just say, well, Jesus was just a good prophet. The yeah. amount of historical evidence that we have of Jesus' existence is overwhelming. So to deny Outside that of the Bible, I mean, yeah. you could take the Bible. Away. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. To deny that would just be saying that what he said, either he's telling the truth or he was a lunatic. And it's funny because that's yeah. a good point, Pete. We see in our Facebook comments all the time, people attacking us and you're like, how can you believe in that? Or, you know, or say hi to your invisible friend and, you know, <laughs> little thing that, you know, there's it's just people get, they get mean at times, but that, that's okay. But, Jesus, did you but they'll just deny they're like, well, Jesus isn't really like, and right there, you're kind of showing your ignorance because yeah. there's nobody, there's no way you can deny uh, historically. I mean, that's like saying George Washington wasn't real, yeah. you know, or, you know, Napoleon wasn't real. I mean, that's your, it's people are going to just re reject religion just yeah. to reject it. Yeah. They didn't put any yeah. work or effort into it. Did you talk that, that Jesus was born of Mary, a virgin birth? I didn't. So he was, uh, he's unlike Muhammad. He was, you know, was, he was born that way. It's, it's, it's a miracle birth. Um, he was raised at, in a Jew's home. He was from the tribe of Judah. Um, so that's kind of his background. And, um, you know, if, if you, you can trace his lineage back to David. Yep. And so they can trace it back both sides. So from his mom's side and from Joseph's side, you can trace his lineage back to David. Um, so he, you know, and Jesus, you know, God told David that he's going, the Messiah is going to come through his lineage. So that is a prophecy. He, he's fulfilled over 300 and something prophecies that were written about him. 
Um, so, I mean, we could go on and on. We could talk about Jesus forever, this whole show. So the comparison between Muhammad and Jesus, there's a there's kind of a significance there. There's a supernatural, you know, he, he was pro- pro- prophesied where Muhammad, there was really no prophecy about him. Where Jesus, you know, he came from a virgin birth, a supernatural, where Muhammad came as a natural birth from a natural man. And, and he had a normal thing. He didn't even, he didn't even get Islam until he was like 41 years old. So he lived 41 years old before it, before he even got this visit from Gabriel. So let's, um, let's move on from that. But I mean, I think that pretty much helped us see the difference between Jesus and Muhammad that way. All right. All right. Statement two, Muhammad lived a very different life than Jesus. He had 15 wives. Wow. Although he limited other men to only four. That's not nice. Right? Yeah. All right. That's All like, right. do as I say, not as I do. Sorry. All right. All right. Anyway, you really want four <laughs> wives, Pete? No. No. <laughs> One. One but, is enough. I mean, you're just thinking, you know, the Mormons believe that, or Joseph Smith at the beginning believed that too. Uh, change it now. All right. Crazy. We'll get into that later. Why is it? Anyway, <laughs> and sanction the beating of wives. Always unacceptable. Men are in charge of women by right of what Allah has given one over to oh, the other. So this is Surah. So what you're so what he said is he had 15 wives, although he had limited to the men to four wives, but he also sanctioned the beating of wives. So let's read Surah 434. And this is the verse in the Quran that oh. talks about him beating the <coughs> wives. Go ahead. Yep. Men are in charge of women by right of what Allah has given one over the other. And what they spend for maintenance from their wealth, so righteous women are devoutly obedient, guardian, uh, guarding in husband in the husband's absence what Allah would have them guard. But those, meaning the wives, from whom you fear arrogance, first advise them. Then, if they persist, forsake them in bed, and then finally strike them. But if they obey you once more, seek no means against them. Indeed, Allah is ever exalted in grand. So uh, they give you a progression of <laughs> in a way that you can beat your wife. So that's in the Quran. So wow. that's in the Quran. So, so I Surah 434. Yeah. So that's kind of like uh, that's so just a way to find it. I my, guess. One of my first visits to Morocco, which is a heavily Muslim country, I was in uh, a town called Wurzazat and I was walking down. Yeah, it's Wurzazat and it was about nine o'clock at night. And um, as I was, you're laughing at the words of that. <laughs> like, where's it at? <laughs> it, it's spelt with a Q as well. So it's kind of, you can't even spell it. Sorry, guys. Um, so as I'm walking down, I look to the right and there was a man beating his wife or beating a woman. And I saw it with my own eyes and I got righteously indignant and I was getting ready to go over to talk to him. I was like, what the heck is going on? And my friend that is from that country that, that lives there, he's like, nope. You don't get involved in that. That's just going to escalate and it's going to end bad for you. So that's a part of the religion. That's a part of what they believe. And here it is right here in Surah 434. So again, the contrast with Jesus is Jesus is, uh, you know, we just did a show on a Samaritan woman. Um, You know, Jesus's mentality was always to elevate women, was always to give uh, women a platform, was to give them a voice, was to set them free from this bondage. And so Jesus was different. So Muhammad saw things, you know, as controlling women to give them no voice is to, you know, gave them the license to beat women. It is, it's in the Quran. You can't say that it's not, it's there. And I've seen it with my own eyes. So um, there it is. So that's the contrast there. Any other thoughts on that part? No, we are to love our wives. I we are to approve. elevate. No, no, I'm not approving of beating your wife. No. So our, our mindset is, you know, the Bible tells us that we are to offer our wives as holy and blameless before the Lord. Our job as men is to, is to lift them up, is to put them in a position to worship Jesus, is to put them in a position to love him and to honor them and cherish them. That's, that's what we are to be as men, not to, uh, you know, beat them or, or offer these things. All right, let's go to the next one. Plus your wife would beat you up anyway. That's true. Muhammad, statement three, Muhammad was well known for spreading his new religion by force. He commanded, saying, fight and slay the pagans wherever you find them in Surah 9.5. He specified the proper way to execute an unbeliever was to cut his throat. Surah 47.4. So when you meet those who... This is what Surah 47.4 says. So this is talking about, yeah, the the cutting of the throat. It's okay. Um, So when you meet those who disbelieve in battle, strike their necks until when you have inflicted slaughter upon them, then secure their bonds and either 
uh, favor afterwards or ransom them until the war lays down its burdens. That is the command. And if Allah had willed, he could have taken vengeance upon them himself. But he ordered an armed struggle to test some of you by means of others. And those who are killed in the cause of Allah, never will he haste their deeds. Okay, so Muhammad was, again, we just read a little bit about his background. So Muhammad was always about the force. He would go into a city and he would say, denounce your foreign gods, denounce what you believe and worship Allah, or we will persecute you and kill you. So he, he truly believes in his heart, and this is what he taught, that if they did come against you or did not believe in Allah, that you were okay to kill them. So that's where we get some of these jihadists and we get some of the things that are happening today. They're a little bit on the radical side, but they believe that, um, you know, that's, that's what they believe. That's, you know, fight and slay the pagans wherever you find them. That's what it's saying. So this is their holy book, right? Yeah. Or Quran. their holy books. Yeah. This, well, is, the, the this is the, this holy, is the book. holy book. Yeah. So they're reading some no wonder that's where they get this from. Okay. Yeah. So fight and slay the pagans wherever you find them. That's in, that's their book. And so wow. we just gave the context to that. So if you're a pagan, meaning you're non-Muslim Islam. Islam, you are, they give the right to fight and take it and slay you. There it is. So Jesus is, is I come to, I want you to be a peacemakers. I want you to love everybody. Mm. I want you to elevate others above yourself. Turn the other cheek. I want you to walk the extra mile with those that hate you. You know, Jesus has a whole different message. You know, right. I, I, he, he, he doesn't want us to force anything onto anybody. He does. He wants people to have freedom to choose it to either serve him or not. He wants people to feel his love and his gentleness and his kindness. He doesn't want to feel that. So that's 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 what it says. So that is a major difference. We can't change that. All right, let's go to the next one. All right, number four. Muhammad led raids against caravans to plunder their goods, broke oaths, ordered the murder of those who mocked him, and wiped out the last Jewish tribe of Medina. He killed all the men and enslaved the women and children. Interestingly, Muhammad acknowledged his own need to seek God's forgiveness on occasion. Yeah, we find that in Surah 40.55. You want to read it? Sure. It says, be steadfast. Then, O Prophet, Allah's promise is true. Seek forgiveness for your shortcomings and celebrate the praise of your Lord evening and morning. So here's the prophet that was born of a natural man and a woman. He was not born as Jesus was born of a virgin. Jesus lived the perfect life. Muhammad is expressing that he's not living the perfect life and that he needs forgiveness from Allah. So there's a significant difference there. Um, and, you know, he, again, just, you know, he enslaved women and children and, and all of that in the name of Allah. So that's kind of, that's the difference with that aspect. So, in, and in contrast here, we'll share Barry's very favorite verse. Yeah. Second Corinthians 521. Yeah. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. That's it. So that is the contrast to seeking forgiveness of the shortcomings. So God says, I, I will forgive you once and for all where Muhammad is, you know, going to make you feel the pain of your sin. Hmm. That's kind of the Sharia law. We'll talk about that a little bit more. All right, go for it. All right. Um, <clears throat> number six, Jesus never married. He defended and honored women. Um, in John eight, a woman is caught in adultery and he bent down and wrote in the dirt and one by one, the Pharisees left. I love that story. And his love was, and his law was love one another. John 13, 34, a new commandment I give you that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also are loved are to love one another by this. All people will know that you are my disciples. If you have love one for another. So Muhammad is teaching that you want to take with force. You want to put in high level of restrictions. You want to, if they sin, there's going to be consequences and all this stuff where Jesus is saying, no, I, how am I going to know my disciple or my followers is that they're going to have love. They're going to, they're going to love people. They're going to sacrifice themselves for the greater good of other people. So a complete contrast to how, uh, they are taught how we're taught in those religions. So that's very clear. All right, let's go to the next statement. Okay. Unlike Muhammad, Jesus never assassinated anyone, never beat a woman, never enslaved a child, never broke a promise, and never plundered a caravan. On the cross, when Jesus was mocked by those nearby, his response was, Father, forgive them. You can find that in Luke 23, 34. 
Yeah. So, I mean, so there again is Jesus, the way that he, he's the reason why he was able to say that is because he was, he's the creator God. Jesus is, is Yahweh. Jesus is uh, uh, able to look at his creation and understand that they are making choices that are not the very best and that they are blind to his truth. They're blind to this love. They've been deceived by an enemy, by Satan, by the devil. And, and he's looking at all these people that are deceived, all these people that have been confused, all these people that are searching for meaning and purpose in life. And he looks at them with great compassion and his heart breaks in the very, the very purpose of him dying on the cross and raising, rising again on the third day was to forgive them of their sin. Amen. It was to give them opportunity to have a fellowship and relationship with him for all eternity. So he died, he sacrificed, and he looked at these people that were in pain and, and, he, and, he, and he asked forgiveness. The opposite is true with Islam. The opposite is true with what Muhammad taught in the Quran. So it, 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 there's a major contrast. We have to understand that, you know, and so that's, that's as if, you know, if we're talking with people you, and you're an Islam or person of Muhammad, this is what they know. This is what's in their, their surah. This is what's in the Quran. All right. Or their hadith. Go on. All right. Uh, let's transition a little bit. The difference between the two Islam sects, Shia and Sunni, and the Christianity sect. Um, statement eight. Let's start with Islam. The main difference between Sunnis and Shias Lies, did I say that right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Lies in their interpretation of the rightful succession of leadership after the death of the Prophet Muhammad. Declaration of faith to which all Muslims, Muslims assent is this. There is no God but Allah, whose prophet is Muhammad. However, the Shiites add an extra phase at the end. And, and Allah, is it Ali? Yeah. Ali? Allah is a friend. Of, no. Ali is a friend of God because the Shiites passionately attest to be to Ali being the successor. So, so I'm getting Ali and Allah confused. Yeah, no, that's okay. So um, the the Sunnis are they have a different they believe in a different successor. So the Sunnis are believing that um, there's four different successors, four different prophets after so after Muhammad is gone. But they believe that Ali, which is his brother. Got it. Yeah. Uh, was that the brother? Um, no, we're going to read that in statement nine. So let's go ahead and talk about Ali. It was a close disciple of Muhammad. So it's, that this isn't Muhammad, is it? Uh, Muhammad Ali? No, that's not Muhammad Ali. So, I mean, it is Ali is where they came from. But Ali is a different. So there's two ways. That's how they came. So one followed the four sets and one followed Ali's teaching. Okay. Ali's teaching is for the... the um, the Shiites or the Shia, and that's a very low. We're going to talk about them more. We're going to expand on that. And then the, the Sunnis are more of a peaceful uh, part, and that's the majority of them. And we'll talk a little bit more about that, but that's where they came from. So okay. let's, let's break down Ali a little bit more. So go ahead. We're in statement nine. Nine, yeah. Yep. So let's talk about uh, the closest. Ali is a close disciple of Muhammad. He was his son-in-law. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, sorry. It's all coming back to me yeah. now. Yeah, right. his son-in-law, who was most familiar with his teachings. However, when Muhammad died in 632, followers bypassed Ali, whom the Shiites claim as the rightful successor to Muhammad. To Muhammad. Instead, a cousin of Muhammad's third successor, man, they really dug down there, yeah. is uh, Utman. Um, Uthman. Uthman. See, yeah. I can't even pronounce it. I can't either. It's okay. And, and it gets worse because they called him the Muy. You're going to have to help me with this one. Yeah, Umayyad declared himself the caliph so the caliph uh are like the main leaders of the group of the caliphate so yeah that's where they got that yeah. from, right yep so when he died in 680 his son yazid yeah he usurped the caliphate instead of ali's youngest son hussein so that so this is how the separation between the shiites and the sunnis happened so it's now like the hatfields and mccoys it, it really is. But one of them is taking one teacher and the others are taking a multiple teachers. And then they're just showing kind of the background struggle that's happening. Clear as mud. I got yeah. it. The feud, the feud between rightful successors or caliphs was fought at the Battle of Karbala. Yeah. Hussein was slain, but his sole son, Ali, survived and continued the line of succession. For the, for the Shiites. For the Shiites. Yeah. Yazid, however, gave rise to the... And my aid, yeah, Man, I can't line of say succession, that. line of succession, which is modern day Sunnism. So there's just where Sunnism arose. So they interpreted things differently. So um, the Sunnis put more of an emphasis on the power of God 
in the material world, why the Shiites put more emphasis on the sacrifice and martyrdom. So when they had a choice, they looked at Ali and they said, OK, you're all about kind of Muhammad. You're more of a warrior and and you want to sacrifice and martyr people and go after and, and kill, kill, kill. Okay. Where the Sunnis were like, no, we want to trust in God, Allah. We want to put the trust in him. Let him fight our battles. We want to you know, be peaceful makers and, and not cause so much problems. So that's kind of that's the difference. So. Um, you know, 15% of the Muslims are, are Shia Muslims and live mostly in Iran and Iraq, Bahrain, Azerbaijan, but the Sunni Muslims are represented about 85%. That's about 1.6 billion. Wow. And they're more of the peaceful. So the, the, so the, the, the countries that will actually work with Israel, so this is how you always know the difference. Okay. So like Egypt works with Israel, Jordan works with Israel, Saudi Arabia is now working with Israel. So the, those are Sunni countries. Those are ones that are wanting more peace. They wanted to have that. Where the, the Shia, the Shiite countries are the Iran. Iran hates them, Syria. They hate Israel with a passion, right? So those that's how you, there's a difference. They have a different mentality, a different philosophy. Um, but let's, don't get me wrong. Both sides have problems with Israel. They believe that that area, that territory is there. That's, you know, the Dome of the Rock is in Jerusalem and that's one of their most holiest places to worship outside of Mecca. And so they all believe that, you know, Israel needs to go, but they, but, but the Sunnis are looking at it from a different angle. They're seeing that, well, maybe we can have peace. We can figure out how we can operate and work together. So that's, there's your difference. So Sunnis, most of the Muslims that I've met are all been Sunnis. I've had nothing but, I mean, amazing uh, relationships with Sunni Muslims, nicest, most loving, caring, inviting me in their home, staying with me, cooking with me, you know, I mean, just overly being a blessing and, and showing me love. So <clears throat> that's the, the Sunnis that I've met. And, so it sounds like the biggest difference is mm. the Sunnis will, they kind of want, or they trust Allah to kind of handle the affairs where the other side, they want to make it happen. Well, both sides do, though. So we got we'll talk about there's okay. terrorist sex in both sides. Let's uh, let's jump into Christianity and kind of talk about the differences there. So okay. we kind of we broke down Islam a little bit. Christianity, there are three branches, three major branches, branches, Eastern Orthodoxy, which is chiefly practiced in Russia and Eastern European countries. Uh, Roman Catholicism and Protestant. I don't have I always have a hard time saying this, Pete. Protestant. Protestantism, <laughs> easy for me to say. In the United States, we're mostly familiar with Roman Catholic churches and Protestant denominations. While virtually all Roman Catholic churches have the same beliefs, forms, and structures, Protestant dominations can vary greatly. These include Escapulians, Escop <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah. Lutherans, yeah. Methodists, yeah. Uh, Presbyterians, yes. Baptists, Pentecostals, and a numer and numerous other groups. Um, okay, so yeah, so within Christianity, there are three main branches. So we understand that within the the Shiites and the Muslims, they have uh, they. I mean, the Islam they only have two. So we have a bunch more. Um, we're going to break down those differences uh, in future shows. We're not going to talk about that in the Protestant and other things. Each but. one of those could be its own show, Pete, if we really wanted to yep. dive into yep. it. But. All right. So All let's, right. let's talk a little bit more about Shiites and Muslims. Good. So both Shiite Muslims and Sunni Muslims are involved in terrorism. Shiite groups include Hezbollah in Lebanon and the Iranian Revolutionary Guard. Um, Cuds, Force. Yeah. yeah, there's like the special forces. Oh, OK. Yeah. Is that... I think I remember hearing yeah. about that during the war. Yeah. Uh, Sunni groups include Al Qaeda, ISIS, um, or IS ISIL, yeah. uh, the Taliban in Afghanistan, and Boko Haram. Yeah. So whenever you're hearing, so when you hear about Al Qaeda, so I was in uh, Morocco and I went to a really small town um, in the middle there, and it was uh, like 30 miles away from an Al Qaeda camp. So there was an actual Al Qaeda camp there in Morocco. Wow. So the Sunnis have Al Qaeda. They have the Taliban. Um, in Boko Haram. And then the Shiites are the, you know, Rev Iran's revolutionary guard and Hezbollah. So those are the more of the radical um, things, but both of them have 
You know, they both believe in Sharia law. They both believe both sides believe in that they're that they should have their law set up in that country and that it should it should operate according to, you know, a lot of the Hadith's teaching, which are the different books. We're going to talk about that here in a second um, of Muhammad. Um, and that is kind of where it lays out the Sharia law. So they believe that. And so that's why those are set up. And, you know, they're they basically saying these peaceful people and are not doing anything. So we need to formulate a group so we can have force to, you know, set this up and so forth. Do you want do you want to um, and maybe you're going to do this later on, but do you, do you want to share a little bit what what Sharia law means? Because we hear that I hear it in the news every once in a while. You hear people talking about it. I remember when there, were, there was some stuff going on in Minnesota and we were hearing about Sharia law a little bit, but I'm not really familiar with what, what exactly Wait, that means. I don't, I'm not going to go ahead and share the everything, but it's just, it's a discipline and it's a law. It's a, it's a governing body that is set up to, to, um, you know, to enforce law. So it's just like, if you didn't wear your, your hair, your, your, uh, or you didn't come to pray for five ties a week, or it's pretty radical. I mean, there's some, you Is it ain't, like a code of conduct. Or? Yeah. Well, it's just, it's a law. I mean, it's, it, they set up all aspects of how they're governing, how their powers are to move, how do they're to relate with people, everything. Huh. Um, it's just, it is pretty radical because it really does suppress women. Um, you know, women can't do a lot of things within the Sharia law. So, yeah. So that's like within Afghanistan, we just heard that Al Qaeda took over. So Al Qaeda is now running Afghanistan in Sharia law, you know, and, and so that's, that's what it is. So that's ultimately both sides goal is to have a country and they're moving into Europe. They're moving into the United States. Ultimately that is the goal is to have Sharia law of the United States to have that supersedes the governing body Absolutely. That, that's there. So they would yes. override the constitution yes. if it were here. So it would be like, you know, like Israel is governed by the, the Jewish law It's governed by by God's law that they give. Well, they have a Sharia law, the same thing. So they have a governing body of how they are to govern. So we already saw the difference in how they treat, how right. they deal with people. Right. So that would be what Sharia law would look like based off of what the Quran says. Okay. Okay. Well, we have radical groups in Christianity as well. Absolutely. I mean, although I would, I may argue that they're not really Christians, but they're certainly using the, hijack the religion. Yep. Um, so yep. What are some examples of those? Like KKK and... Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know, just hide behind the, you know, pretend think, that they're religious. I just, there's just sex in the Christianity. That's just crazy to me that, you know, they have snakes, they drink poison. I don't know. Some weird stuff, crazy out there. stuff going on. Yeah. All right. All right. So Islam and Christianity views of God. So yeah. We're going to move into the next area here. Yeah. Islam teaches that Allah or God is the sovereign creator and ruler of all that is Muslims emphasize God's absolute unity, which will admit of no division and God's will. In fact, the will of God is more basic to who he is than his love and mercy. God could choose not to be merciful and he can choose not to love. Thus, Allah's mercy and love are not intrinsic to his nature, but are choices he makes. More important than, than loving God or even knowing him is submitting to his will. The word Islam means submission. According to Islam, God cannot be considered a father and he has no son. Allah does not love sinners. Yeah, that's the big thing. So God, Jesus came because of sinners, where Allah does not love sinners. So wow. he wants you to live a perfect life. He wants you to follow the, uh, the law that, that he set in forth. He wants all of that. And he is not about it. So you are, there's, I mean, you feel the burden, you feel the pressure that they go. And so you always ask, well, why are they, why is all, why is the Muslim religion going? Because there's the other side of it. There's the family side of it. There's the, the caring and taking care of. They're a community. They fight for each other. They have a commonality. There's a lot of that going on. And so they'd see that, you know, and a lot of other religions, they do the same things. Again, with the Mormons and certain ones, there's, they're set up to share, you know, to show that side. And there's a lot of loving people within the, the Muslim community. I mean, they went out when I visit them, when I was over there in the Middle East and so forth, they went out of their way to make me feel comfortable. They went out of their way to feed me and to love me and take care of me. I mean, I felt I was, it was incredible, more so than what I feel for my own Christian brothers here in the United States. Right. So there's that so that's side what of it. attracts people. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. 
But once you get getting into the teaching, and that's that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about the contrast, the differences. Yep. Once you start getting into the teaching, then you start saying, "Whoa, there's a difference here." And so, as a Christian, we can easily bridge them. We the the reason why we have problems with other people in other faith or anybody is because we're living a very controversial life ourselves. We're not living a surrendered life to Jesus. We're we're not very loving. Let's just be honest. We're not very sacrificial like they are. We don't, we don't do some of the things that they, they do. We're just, we're sometimes we're just mean. We act just like the world acts. Yeah. But if we would act like Jesus act and loved on these people and started sharing with them the love of Jesus and the difference and the contrast that they're there, who knows, maybe they can come and see that there is a difference and maybe they will love Jesus the way that we love them and understand him. So that's, that is what's going on. I mean, to us, it's obvious. We see it. We're, we're reading it firsthand. But to them, it's not obvious. They don't understand Jesus's love. They don't get that part. They need somebody like us to be able to help them understand them. You know, God is revealing. He doesn't need us. Actually, he's revealing things <laughs> to them right now through visions and dreams. But it still would help for us to be aware and understand it. All right, go on. Awesome. All right. Similar to Islam, Christianity teaches that God is the sovereign creator and ruler of all it is. But that's about where the similarities end. Christians believe in one God who exists in three eternal co-equal persons, the Father, the Son, and Spirit, who share the same indivisible essence. According to Christianity, God loves, God loves because his very nature is love, uh, 1 John 4, 8. Not just because he happens to choose love, God's essence includes the, ap- the attribute of mercy, so divine displays of mercy are, are more than choices God makes. They are extensions of his character. Amen. God is knowable and desires a relationship with us on love. Obeying God is important, but obedience without a relationship based on love is worthless. Hmm. Um, First Corinthians 13, yeah, three says you. that. Yeah. According to Christianity, God, the father has an eternal relationship with God, the son. God does love sinners. Romans yep. five, eight. Yeah. So again, so there's a contrast. So Allah is, is doesn't. So in, so by, so with, when I, if I was uh, in, uh, in the Muslim faith and I was serving Allah and I messed up or I did some, whatever God is, Allah's mad at me. He's condemning me. He's angry at me. And, 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 and I'm in a, I'm in a position where I might not be able to go live with him for in paradise. So that it, to me, it's worrisome. So it's, it's fearful. It's, you know, I need to really get my butt together and I need to really believe and and really start following him and his law and his ways and do the things right. So that all would be pleased with me where Jesus looks at us in a complete way. Jesus knows and recognizes that we're all fall short of the glory of God, that we've all sinned and he still pursues us. He still loves us. He still shows us mercy. He still shows us grace. He, he, he looks past the multitude of sins and, and he can, and he continues to, to never leave us or forsake us. He can never condemns us. We're already condemned being apart from him, but in him, there is no condemnation in Christ. So it is a complete contrast. It's, it's it, in most of the Muslim world don't understand that. No, he's about grace and loving. Does, does that mean we can go on and sin? No, we don't, we don't just continue to sin. Doesn't mean it's going to change our relationship with him. He's never going to condemn us. But the reason why we don't continue to sin is because why would we? When, when, when God loves us the way that he loves us with unconditional love and with this kindness and this gentleness and this, and this long suffering and this patience that he shows us and he continues to pursue us, why, why are we going to want to beat up, beat up against that? Why are we going to want to push back against that? What ultimately happens is, is we just love them back, you know? And it's like, if my, if I would, I'm just going to say this because it's hard, it's not true, but it's true. But if I were to have an affair on my wife, okay. And, and I came back and my wife, you know, it was hurtful that, that I did it, but she just, she just continually loved me and continued to pursue me. But then I had another affair and then I came back and she just continued to love me in an affair. And I had another affair. What's going to happen ultimately if I continue to have affairs with my, uh, against my wife? We're, our relationship is going to break apart. There's, there's going to be no intimacy with our relationship. There's going to be nothing. But in the Bible, God says that he never leaves us or forsakes us. He continues to pursue us in spite of our, and that's why in the Old Testament, it talks about that, that, that Israel's a prostitute of themselves. He was giving that, that they're continually doing these stupid things. And he continually shows mercy and grace. 
where in the Islam, that's not happening. That's a major contrast. In Islam, there's consequences. Allah hates sin. God hates sin, but Allah really hates sinners, is what it says, where Jesus loves sinners and sacrifice for those sinners. So much of this, it's they're 180 degrees opposite. They are. In so many ways. It's yeah. like it's the anti-Christianity. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. Well, a lot of people that are listening to this were like, well, I've always known that about Islam or what? Yeah, you probably didn't know these differences, but these, these are major differences. And if you're listening to this, this will help you understand where they're coming from. But more importantly, how are you to love them? That's what the message is here. How are we to love them like Jesus loved mm. them? How are we to help them understand that God is love and that he loves them deeply and intimately? That's the ultimate goal here. All right, let's move on to uh, the sacred literature. Right. Islam holds that the Torah, the first five books of the Old Testament, uh, the Psalms and the Gospels were given by God with this caveat. Jews and Christians have corrupted God's word, and therefore Bibles cannot be fully trusted. Muslims believe that God's final word, the Quran, was miraculously given to Muhammad over a period of 23 years. The Quran, which is perfect and holy, is divided into 114 chapters called surahs. In addition to the Quran, the Muslims have the Hadith, a collection of Muhammad's, Muhammad's sayings, opinions, and actions as reported to those close to him. Okay, and then so biblical Christianity holds that the Old and New Testament of the Bible are God's inspired word and the only authoritative rule of faith and practice. The Bible warns against adding to God's word. You can find that in Revelation 22, 18. Christians reject the Quran as an attempt as an attempted addition to God's word and as a document that contradicts the Bible in many ways. So again, so there, the mindset is, you know, the Bible says that, the, that Satan is the God of confusion. And so he's, he wants to bring confusion and he wants it to be where people are confused and so forth. So let's just, let's just flat out as what we've already done. So when I say, which religion would you rather want to choose one that's about force and, and, and condemning and, and enforcing and killing and, and taking back and all that, or are you looking for a religion that's filled with love and gentleness and kindness and long suffering? Um, where there's a complete contrast, right? So the, so the Muslims are saying, well, that's a lie. That's a lie. And what we're teaching is the truth. This is this is Allah. And so um, what I can say to that also is that the 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 Jews and the Christians were meticulous in keeping perfect records. Um, what they wrote down, they wrote from generation to generations. I mean, when we start studying the manuscripts and unloading those from the first century, from, you know, before Christ's birth, we got that in the Qumran scrolls and the Dead Sea Scrolls. And we started seeing full copies of exact things that we read today. I mean, there's no mistaking that that is the authoritative, authoritative word of God. That that is, it has stood the time. It's 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 been, uh, it's it's you know, it just continues to go on. And more than anything else, it's the opposite, you know, of the Quran versus the Bible. It's all about love. It's all about giving. It's all about sacrifice. It's all about God's love for us. I don't know, thoughts. No, I was just thinking about the, you were talking about the scrolls and stuff, and we have all that prophecy of things that you know that foretold about Jesus. So that was written hundreds of years before he was there. And we have proof of it. Yeah. We have documentation of it. Yeah. They, so, how do you get, how do you discredit the prophecy? Yeah. You can't. I That's mean, it's, right. it's black and white. I mean, the Jews are blinded to it. You know, and I think a lot of people don't understand that. Yeah. I think they look at the Bible and they're like, well, the Bible's just, just, you know, it's prophesizing itself, but they were, it was written hundreds of years before Jesus was, was born. Yeah. So there's more prophecy in the book of Isaiah than anywhere else. And, yeah. and and when you read the book of Isaiah, you see the pages of Je you see Jesus everywhere. Absolutely. I mean, it was predicted. So how do they discredit that? You know, one of the main in the manuscripts of the Dead Sea Scrolls, one of the the one that they had the full complete copy of was the book of Isaiah. They had every page. It was exactly what we read today. You it's, cannot deny that. It's like reading a biology. Jesus uh, quoted the book of Isaiah of Jesus. Yeah. What six hundred, eight hundred years, a thousand? I don't know what it was, but. I mean, um, Jesus went into the synagogue in Isaiah 61 and he read that, you know, he read it because <laughs> that has happened today. That has been fulfilled today. He's, that prophecy is complete. So there it is. All right. Last one. Let's talk about the difference of salvation, the means of salvation in the, in the two. So Islam teaches a works-based salvation and in this way is similar to other man-made religions. A Muslim must keep the five pillars of Islam. He must confess the, uh oh the, sh the Shahada, there is no God but Allah, and Muhammad is his prophet. 
He must kneel in prayer towards Mecca five times a day. He must fast during daylight hours one month out of the year, Ramadan. He must give money to the poor, and he must make a pilgrimage to Mecca sometime in his lifetime. That all sounds good, Pete. Yeah. Islam teaches that the day of judgment will involve a person's good and bad deeds being weighed in a balance. So the standard for judgment is his own actions. Uh, you can read that in Surah 7 uh, and 21. Well, let me just read it real quick. So yeah, Surah 7, 8, and 9 says, the weighing on that day will be the true weighing. Those whose scales are heavy will prosper, and those whose scales are light will be the losers, mm. for they are the ones who have been unjust to our signs. So that's talking about the judgment. So the standard of judgment is one's action. So based off of your actions, it's going to be scaled. So did you do more good than bad, or did you do more bad and good? So that's, that's how they're saying that you'll have salvation. So you're, you're your own savior. That's it. That's what they're saying. That's how you that's how you can possibly earn salvation. But it's based on Allah's will. So there's no guarantee where the Bible says the absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. There is a guarantee. All right, go on. Quran forbids anyone from bearing another one's burdens of sin. OK, so that's in Surah 17. No, actually, uh, 17, 15. Let's read that one. So. So the, the Quran forbids anyone from bearing another burden sin. So it says, and says, whoever is guided only, is only guided for the benefit of his soul and whoever errs only errs against it. And no bearer of burdens will bear the burden of another. And never would we punish until we sent a messenger. So the Bible can teaches the opposite in Galatians six, two, it says, bear one another's burdens. And so fulfill the law of Christ again, 180 degrees. Yeah, it's completely different. So, so the Quran forbids it. The Bible says to bear it. So in that text, they're basically saying that uh, Jesus could not, <laughs> Jesus could not take the, the sins of other people. Couldn't, couldn't bear it anyway. Yep. So that's kind of how they're. Yep. Ooh, okay. So in Surah um, 4, 157 through 48, it, this, this is a very big verse. So I'm going to read this because this is in the Quran. They deny the, the death of Jesus. Okay. So as a Christian, you know that we believe in the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. So here is Surah 4, 157 and 158. And this is talking about denying the death of Jesus. It says, and for their saying, indeed, we have killed the Messiah, Jesus, the son of Mary, the messenger of Allah. And they did not kill him, nor did they crucify him. But another was made to resemble him to them. And indeed, those who differ over it are in doubt about it. They have no knowledge of it except the following of assumption. And they did not kill him for certain. So that is Surah 4, 157 through 158. So that is so the very foundation of Christianity and why we believe that we're saved is because of the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus. The, the, the Quran flat out denies that that ever happened. That's what that says right there. Christianity teaches a grace-based salvation. A person is saved by grace, the, unde the undeserved blessing of God, through faith in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, and Romans 10, 9, 9, and 10. The standard for judgment is absolute perfection. The righteousness of Christ uh, no one can measure up to perfection, Romans 3.23. But God, in his grace and mercy, has given his son as a substitute for our sin. When we were when we were dead in when you were dead in your sins, God made you alive in Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, amen, nailing it to the cross. Um, Colossians, uh, Colossians 1, 13 and 14. We cannot save ourselves, so we turn to Christ, our sinless Savior and the author and finisher of our faith, Hebrews 12, 2. Yeah, so again, um, it, you know, it's, we, there's nothing we can do of ourselves. So if we are wanting to um, save ourselves by our works, by doing our five pillars, by you know, making sure that we please God and everything else, what happens is we are going to fail and we are going to fall short and we are going to be miserable. And there's a lot of Christians today that are living that way. There's a lot of Christians that, that cannot live up to the perf perfect life that they, they feel that God requires of them. Now, does God want us to live holy and righteous? Yes. yes. 
but he does not want us to do it on our own for him to to be pleased by us. He's not, we're not doing it for our salvation. We're not doing it to please him. God says that if you surrender your life to me, I will give you help to get through this. I will, I will give you the grace and the tools to be able to overcome the temptations and the sin. And, and my mercy is new every day. I will continually forgive you. I will continually bless you. I will continually to pour my favor upon you. I will be with you every step of the way. It's not on your own works. It's not based off of your merits. It's based off of my merits, my perfection, my love, my gentleness, my kindness towards you. That's what it is. It's nothing that you can do of yourself. So the Islam teaches it's everything about yourself, where Jesus teaches it's everything about me and not about yourself. And so that's the major difference in Islam and Christianity. And so anybody that's listening to this today understands that if you are, if you are trying to figure out a way to please God and you're doing your best to, um, to be perfect and you're, you know, you're reading your Bible and you're doing all this stuff and, and you're just miserable, you're not living by God's grace because you should not be miserable. You should be joyful. You should be filled with a freedom and liberty that God gives you. And understand that your sins are forgiven once and for all, yesterday, today, and tomorrow. There is no, there's no looking back on that. And so, um, you know, in Islam, if you're listening to this and you're a Muslim and you heard this and, and you're hearing us for the first time and, and um, you know, you're saying, well, I, you know, I disagree with you or they'll probably disagree or I don't believe that's in my, but well, I just gave you the, sir, we spelled it out. It's there. And what I'm telling you, there is a complete contrast from Christianity to that. And, and I'm telling you as a brother in Christ and as Jesus uh, follower and so forth, that God loves you, period. And if you're, if you're in Islam, he loves you and he, and he looks past the multiple sins and he will forgive you once and for all. And if you give your life to him and surrender your life to him and, and believe that he died and rose again on the third day and believe that he's, he is who he says he is in the, in the, in the gospels, um, you will be saved today. Anybody that's listening, you'll be saved. And so, yeah, so that's, that's it. I mean, that's the major difference. And if anybody's listening, we just spelled that out, you know, so let's do our final statement and then we'll close out. Got it. So, Islam and Christianity, Christianity have different beliefs on essential doctrines, such as God, Jesus, scripture, and salvation are irreconcilable. We, there's <laughs> differences no, are yeah, irreconcilable. They are. And that's what we've been talking about. Yeah. They're like not, they're 180 degrees. There's out of no, face. no denying this. That's right. Both religions cannot be true. We believe that Jesus Christ, as presented in the Bible, is the true Son of God and the Savior of mankind. Grace and truth came through Christ Jesus, John 1.17. Yeah, and then one of the things, too, we didn't mention is why they hate Israel so much. Well, remember in John 4, we studied this. It's, It's in one of our podcasts. It says Jesus told the Samaritan woman, he says that salvation comes through the Jews. And they hate the Jews. They hate everything that they represent. And, and I believe that the, the Jews are God's chosen people. I believe that God separated them for, to save all of mankind. Uh, I believe that, um, you know, our, it starts with the Jews. And I believe that those are God's chosen people. And so they hate God's chosen people. And so if you heard the contrast today, one is filled with a little bit more of darkness and there's a little bit more of vengeance and there's lower hate involved in it. You know, Allah isn't as loving. God doesn't say anywhere that Allah is love, but the Bible says in first, first John four, eight, that God is love. So there is a difference. And, and because God so loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And, and he gives the opportunity to everybody. Allah says, you got to work hard to get it. Allah says, you got to, you got to discipline yourself. You got to do these five pillars. You got to, you got to constantly keep on it. You got to weigh the scales. Your scales are got to be, you got to do a lot more good than you do bad. And, and even then there's no guarantee how all is going to treat you and how you're going to feel, you know, and that's where they get into this, you know, the, the, the jihad where they say, you know, they, they teach that one of the Hadiths teaches that if you blow yourself up, you know, you can get 72 versions. And that's really the only way to guarantee that Allah will let you into heaven and, and, uh, you know, that's just this radicalness. It's just a radical mentality. Um, and so that's kind of the reason why they do Because people ask, well, why would they do that? Well, that's the reason. That's what they are made to believe or understand that, you know, if you want to guarantee that you get to heaven, you got to do something pretty radical for Allah. And Jesus says, you want to guarantee to get to heaven, you got to do something pretty radical. Surrender yourself, humble yourself, trust in God and let him love you. 
let his grace cover you multiple sins. Let him forgive you and, and just, um, you know, bask, you can bask in his glory and just, you know, take his fruit and goodness. And so that is the difference. And so as we just been talking, if you are wanting to give your life to the Lord, you could just pray right now, dear Lord, forgive me of my sins. Lord, I, I confess them. I repent of them. And Lord, I just choose today to, to follow you. I choose today to accept you as my Lord and savior. Lord, I believe in my heart that you died and rose again on the cross on the third day. I believe, God, that you are my, uh, the king of my life and that I am to live faithfully for you all the days of my life. And Lord, I know I believe that your, your word says that uh, it's by grace that I'm saved and that you will help me uh, to live the life that's pleasing to you. I believe that there's nothing that I can do to save myself. I just have to believe that you did it all for me. And so, Lord, I praise you and I thank you and I believe in you now in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. And if that was you, we'd love to hear from you again. Go to riotpodcast.co, C-O, go to know God at the top and click on that and just say, I gave my life to the Lord and I'm confessing and um, and I just, uh, I, I, you know, we'll get in touch with you. We'll contact you and reach out to you and get you set up and, and get you on your way. Bob, thoughts? Yeah, this, that's man, this awesome. I hope this helps you guys. I mean, and it's helping me understand the differences. And I think the, the more information we have on this, the better we can love people. Um, we already talked about social media. So I'll just say it one last time. Jump onto Facebook, comment, and uh, just tell us what, what you want to hear next. What's the next contrast you'd like to hear? And uh, maybe maybe we'll take that into advisement, right, Pete? Yeah, that's really good. We, we do that a lot. You guys make comments and people want to hear something on the show. It helps us to decide uh, kind of which path to go sometimes. But hey, we, we uh, man, Pete, what a great show. I'm, I'm learning so much. Thanks for sharing uh, some of your, your knowledge on the differences here. And uh, I cannot wait to jump into our next episode next week. Guys, have an amazing week of worship. Yeah. Be blessed. Anything else? No, I mean, it's, we did a brief overview. There's so much more <laughs> to this, but I mean, this is enough. This is enough to get people started, to be able to see that there is a major contrast. Get the wheels spinning, um, huh? Yeah. So that's good. All, All right, right, guys. Be blessed. Have a great week. This has been the Riot Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please feel free to leave a comment and share it with your friends. See you back here next week for another episode of the Riot Podcast.